Reactive Attachment Disorder Podcast for Parents and Therapists. Real talk, real time, real issues with Tracy and Jen. Hi, I'm Tracy Turner-Kaiser with Full Circle Family Counseling. I have worked with reactive attachment disorder children and their families for over 25 years. Jen Stadler here is a mother with six children and is an amazing woman who is willing to help me out to give voice to what it's like to live and work with a child with reactive attachment disorder. Together, we are interested in educating, equipping, and encouraging and empowering you as a parent with a child with reactive attachment disorder, or if you're a therapist that discovers that you have a child in your office that is not responding well to traditional therapy. Welcome, and we look forward to your feedback. And I like that too, because there's no like one way to deal with parenting. There's no one set route of like, here's the steps you take. I mean, there's certain starting points that certainly can help you narrow in on how to kind of leverage, you know, effective results for the moment. But there's like, okay, what's happening? So just diving in. Yeah. And inviting people in to say, what are you struggling with right now? Yeah. What's on your mind? What's on your heart? And I love, okay, so you were talking about how parents don't get a break because mm-hmm. no one can handle their kids. Like, well, some kids have reactive attachment yeah. disorder or kids who are adopted. They have certain challenges that sometimes, not always, but sometimes biological children don't have. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the behavior, the raging, the um, physicalness of, you know, biting hitting, kicking, spitting. Now you have, you can't just go hire a 16-year-old to come into your house and say, good luck. <laughs> Let me know how that turns out for you. That 16-year-old will never have children. Because <laughs> <Right? laughs> you scar them for life. No. Yeah, right. Now screw them birth control. Right. <laughs> come on over and babysit for my kids. Exactly. Yeah. Right? And so you really do, like, we have someone that comes into our house now. She's 29. Wow. And so, like, it's, it's, and she gets it, because I come home and I say, you know, these are the things that we've learned, and, th- and that's the other step to it. We don't have all the answers. None mm-hmm. of us do, because there wasn't a book written when we had children that says, you know, but I want to, I want to be able to give back in a way that says, this is the wisdom that I've gained from it, that might look different from you, but this is, this is how we do life, um, mm-hmm. and, and this is what it looks like for our family, it might look a little different for yours, and that's okay, mm-hmm. because we don't all have the answers. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the best we can do, really, though, is right. here's what I've learned. Yeah. Take it, what resonates with you, yeah, expand exactly. on that. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. little jewels mm-hmm. that we've pulled out from Test our... Test it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then share your results with me so I can move forward right? to it, like, back and forth, Let's learn and from forth. each other. I mean, mm-hmm. that's how community is formed, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you travel to these other countries, you see people doing community in a different way than mm-hmm. what we do community in the United States, where mm-hmm. you come home at 5 o'clock, you shut the garage door... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you turn on the TV or you get out, you know, it's just, you do life a lot more inclusively versus, um, like say China or Africa or some of these other places Mm -hmm. that we've traveled, Mexico. What have you seen there? So let's expand on that. Like what do you see when you, what's, what's that view of community? So for me, like when, um, so say Africa, when we went there, it's just like you have these multi-generational families doing life together, these tribes, right? Mm-hmm. And they Living in the same house or near each other. Or near each other, mm-hmm. and they're all, they're helping each other, they're, mm-hmm. you know, maybe one watches the children while the other one earns an income, and they share, all mm-hmm. of that is shared, right? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, in China, we saw that you know a lot of times mothers will live with the children. Now, I'm not necessarily advocating that my mom moves in next week, <laughs> but, <laughs> but sorry, mom. Um, but <laughs> but I, I I do love the, and I think what our church tries to do is we we do try to live within a, a context where we're helping each other out. Hey, someone, you know, needs to pick their kid up or, Hey, I'm having this issue. Can you call and help me? Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of walk through what this has looked like for you or, Hey, um, I see you moved into your new house. Let me bring you dinner for the next week or, right. you know, mm-hmm. all of these things that we can do to be reaching out. And again, like we talked about before, you have to not only be willing to give, but you have to be willing to be vulnerable enough to receive when things go the other way. So mm-hmm. like we had an issue where our son had croup and Mike was out of town, and I had to take him to the ER. But And so, you know, a friend said, hey, let me come sit with you at the ER. And I was kind of like, you know, it'll be fine. I've done this before. We've gotten croup. But then I was like, you know what? Like, I better be able to willing to back up what I preach. You know, I better mm-hmm. be willing to say, like, because I think that's where I think that's where we really find the joy of deep relationships when we allow people to step into our space, mm-hmm. not just stepping into other people's. Mm-hmm. And so... She came and sat, and we had a three-hour discussion while he got a, you know, his epi airway treatment, and we had to stay there for four hours at a time, but she was mm-hmm. there, and so um, I feel like when we allow that vulnerability in, that we build trust with people, and so mm-hmm. doing community builds trust and builds relationship, and mm-hmm. so... And then how do you do that at home, too, right? Because the important yeah. thing is being able to teach our children how to receive help and how to mm-hmm. ask for help, yeah. right? So yeah. it's like, yeah. so it's like your friend said, hey, can I come? And so it makes her feel important. Yes. Right, and that's important. So it's like being able to, like, you know, our kids, you know, and our kids, like, and that's I think when a kid has when a kid has a reactive attachment disorder, that's the tricky thing because they don't know how to do the reaching. They don't know yes. how to do the reach pattern of reaching out mm-hmm. and saying, "Hey, mommy, can I do this for you? Hey, I want to do this. Or I want to do it myself." Right? Mm-hmm. They somehow something's got disconnected and they're not able to do that. Um, and then they internalize, and they're all about like it's all about me. It's only I can only do it for myself. I can only trust myself. I need to be in charge. I need to be in charge, and that's how it comes across, right? Yes. Exactly. I need to be in charge of this. And so there's like that, there's that wall up, and that's where the reciprocalness of the relationship breaks down because yeah. the relationship is like, you know, I am receiving your help, you're giving me help, and I'm receiving it. There's reciprocalness, give and take. Makes you feel important, makes me feel important, and then, I, and then it can shift and change. And I think that's important with like kids. Like That's what's so important about giving kids chores, like where Nancy Absolutely. Thomas talks yeah. about. The importance of having chores, right? Mm-hmm. It's not so much how they go about doing it. It's the fact that they're willing to participate in that process and how do we invite them continuously so that we're herding them towards, hey, you know, yeah. let's go, you know, hey, you know, as soon as you get that done, we can do this. Mm-hmm. And we help them instead of punishing them. We set them, we want to set our kids up for success. And that's the tricky piece because that comes naturally a lot of times in our relationships, Mm -hmm. but maybe not so much if it's really hard for us to accept help from our partners or our friends and we're always giving, 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 and we're not able to receive or we're only receiving, 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 not willing to give. So I think that's the kind of like when we tease it out as far as like how do we comb out the teaching of empathy and the reciprocalness of a relationship, which Mm -hmm. builds trust. And before we can do that, there needs to be a sense of safety and security, right? So boundaries. it's being able to, like, yeah, boundaries. boundaries. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Boundaries. Yeah. It's like, nope, we will get this done, and it will be fine. Right. No problem. I've got yeah. all day, sweetheart, not a problem. 
As soon as yeah. you make your bed, you can have breakfast. Yeah, interesting. So you said something that might be sick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> starving. And that, but that's the other thing. Actually, our ki- a lot of our kids have been starved, and so they are right. they're operating from this very primal. If mm. I do not eat every two hours, I will die. Wow. And so we can't necessarily hold food over them. Like they they have to eat every couple hours. Otherwise, at our house, anyways, we have some meltdowns. Chaos. I mean, just to put it nicely, they're trying to. To well, prevent themselves from dying. Well, physically like, in their brain, it's so primal. Yeah, like yeah. the the cortisone right. and everything just shifts in their brain, and it goes from like, okay, I can handle this to like, like I feel out of control. It's the end. Right. Yeah, and then at, at a certain <laughs> yeah. point, it gets to the point. At, from the therapist's point of view, it gets to the point where, where do we be able to not keep feeding the body chemistry of I'm going to starve it only yeah. every two hours yeah. to yeah. the point where it's saying, hey, sweetheart you know what, you just had breakfast and mm-hmm. lunches in another hour, which might be expand of four hours, right? You're going to yeah. be fine. And then they're going to have this major meltdown because it's not every two hours. And they're like, I'm going to die. Yeah. And so sometimes it gets worse before it gets better, being able to, how do you create that safety and structure and boundary and boundaries of like, it's going to be okay, yeah. right? And then you kind of, and then you sometimes we accommodate that, not necessarily appeasing or not necessarily bribing them, but kind of going, you know, you're doing a great job letting me know that that you're that you you feel really hungry so i'll tell you what i'll give you half a banana and 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 then we're gonna have lunch in another hour come on out and let's pick some flowers or whatever it is mm-hmm, right sure. or, um but that's yeah. the piece that's the balancing and that's where intensive therapy and therapy comes into balance the parents not freaking out the kids not freaking out being able to set those boundaries create the sense of safety not feeding the victimization yeah. and yet yeah accommodating and meeting our kids emotionally where they are right because yeah. you know that and that's that's you gotta tease all that out and kind of yeah. like okay good luck with that how do we do that yeah. well, right so that kind of points back to what you're talking about i think because there was you know you're talking about wait i'm gonna rewind a bit back to where we were talking about yeah. uh, allowing yourself to receive help mm-hmm. and then and then you mentioned that oh my gosh these kids they don't even know how to ask for help let alone receive help. To use our words, it's mm-hmm. huge in our house. Right. And, and playful engagement. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So so then with like, how do you help these kids to, to learn that you, they can ask for help through these methods is one thing. But then I hear a lot of you kind of pointing back at, well, in the parent or in the caretaker, what... Where in you are you not allowing this so that you don't even know how to bring this forward to the kids? Mm-hmm. And am I hearing that right. right or is that like... Yeah, you are hearing that a little bit right. And that's where we get to kind of like have the curiosity to kind of go, what's being triggered here for me as a mm-hmm. parent? Mm-hmm. Because our kids are going to bring out our strength and they're going to bring out our weakest link. So true. And, Especially and with a, a challenging child, they're going to bring out the... It's a, such a blessing. Right. You have to clear all yeah. your stuff, oh, right? You get, oh my gosh. You get to clear a lot of ancestral lineage of like, wow, where did that come from? Yeah. Like, You're on the fast like, track. Like, right? how far back does this go? Because I don't ever remember this. I think I said bubbled up, and really, it just hit you smack in the face right. is what happens. Right. It's right. not like, oh, this feeling of yeah. like, oh, bubbly, this yeah. is great. It's like... Right. Holy cow. It's like this brick comes flying and flies in your face. It's like, wow. That's just not a little gentle, like, tap. It's right. like, I just got smacked. Yeah. Right? And then you, and our, our natural instinct is to smack back, right? Because yeah. it's defense or mechanism. It's like, or can we expand or time for just a second? We kind of go, well, wait a minute. Who's the parent in the house? 
Yeah. Oh, that's me. Shit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can it be you today? Yes. Yes. Like, Somebody oh, else. I never saying that with my kids. I was like, I'm thinking to myself, I teach this, I preach this, I, and I'm like, here I am in my own house going, where's the parent? There's right. got to be a parent in this house someplace. Can I have a time out? Right. I am not feeling like the parent here. Is there an like, for that? Yes. Yeah, right? <laughs> so, and that's where it's really lovely to have backup, where if you and your partner are on the same page where you can tag team, right? Yeah. So, and that's where the tricky thing is. A lot of times when you have these kids, mm. um, you know, dad, typically, you know, dad, the other partner comes home and they're like, ah, and the kid's like charming with them. Mm-hmm. And their mom's like looking like, you know, like, yeah. oh my gosh, let me pull my hair out. <laughs> and they're like, and they're not on the same page. Yeah. And that's the tricky thing. Or your yeah. neighbor, you know, or your, or your mother-in-law or your, or your own mother's kind of like, oh, we just love them enough, be fine. That's the other piece is like, People before you even start this, you need to have a really good support system mm-hmm. because you are going to need to tag team because there are going to be times when, you know, our own issues hit the fan and you're kind of like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm in the middle of this right now. I cannot see the trees through the forest. Mm-hmm. I like, and your partner needs to come in and say, hey, sweetheart, tell you what, mm-hmm. I got this. Mm-hmm. And you need to accept that help without feeling like you're being, mm-hmm. you know, like it's being demeaning or you're being put in your place. It's or like, like you lost or failed. Right, or exactly. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, great, thank mm-hmm. you. Um, so there's a lot of tricks to that that we can do more, you know, tips of the week of like, how did, how does that, what does that look like? Right. Cause that doesn't always go so smoothly either. Um, yeah. our kids like, can be very charming, like, yeah. you know, and they say this all the time. I, I say treat because I say, there's like, <laughs> well, last week it was mommy, you so white. <laughs> and the week before that, it's like, I is three. My name is. Eight, I have some Kubiopia and I say shoot. And she says it like <laughs> this like thing. Oh, so yeah. That's yeah. Right? But people have told her like yeah. how cute she yeah. is. And we we have a tendency to do that with girls anyways, yeah. and that's a whole nother podcast. Because I'm trying to teach my girls to be strong and yeah. brave and courageous. Yeah. And they don't even hear from you all day how cute they are. Yeah. Because what happens is they cute. go and stand in front of the mirror yeah. all the time now and they want to change and they're like, you know, I'm so cute. And you know, um, but it is a powerful tool to have to be cute, so you can just like sneak your way in. Right. Well, that, that, no, they're so charming, and so what yeah, happens the is they go out into public or with other people, mm-hmm. and they put on this like show of how cute I am, mm-hmm. um, and then they come home, and mm-hmm. we see a different side of the cuteness that nobody else sees, and specifically, uh-huh. mommy sees that yeah. more often, and yeah. and thankfully, like my husband and I are, we have a very strong relationship, and we've always been on the same page. And I'm like very thankful for that, mm-hmm. so he doesn't. He doesn't feed into that. Mm-hmm. Like he knows me enough to know that, like, game. yeah. Mm-hmm. So when he comes home, we're we're backing each other up all the mm-hmm. time. Like we're and and specifically now they're they're worse for him than they are for me. And and mm-hmm. then I have to step in and say that's disrespectful and that's not how we treat daddy. But you know when these kids when, when they come home, like they don't they don't have a deep connection with anybody really mm-hmm. so they're crawling up on anybody everybody's and lap everybody, right? and cuddling with them and they want to hug them and so other people eat that up mm-hmm. and inside I'm like that's not good right. that's not good that right. you're wanting to do all those things but other people think it's that it's wonderful that there's this child that doesn't have real boundaries or attachments right. yeah yeah can you give us an example of like so you started at the point of okay out in public they might be 
loving it up, charming it up, yeah. snugging on people, yeah. and then they come home. Can you tell us an example of like what happens to them? Turn the other side, show us the other face. Well, and there's a process of... <laughs> you don't want to hear about that. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, Let's we do. do it. Yeah, yeah. We do. It's just, yeah. it's just hard, you know? Um, it's, it's hard because especially they're only three and a half, and so... Um, you know, that the behavior would be for us, like right now we're really dealing with like nap time. They don't really care if I tell them to lay in their bed sometimes, you know, and um, they'll be crawling up in, into their sister's bed or um, going into the closet and putting new clothes on and then, you know, coming in while I'm trying to put the baby to sleep. Like, look at mom, you're like, shoot, look at me. Um, and, or, you know, the other day she was mad at me because I had pockets in my pants. Or, you know, because she'll be at church and her favorite color is purple. She comes home and she hates purple, you know. And it's just it's just little things. And, like, I don't know, I'd have to probably start taking notes mm-hmm. of all the things that we mm-hmm. deal with where, you know, I love these things when I'm out here, but at home I hate those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's oftentimes from the mom that we see kids act, react so strongly because they are trying to build that, um, that deep relationship. Um, so what happens then, like, say they come home and they hate purple now? They loved it at church. They come home, they hate purple. Like, does, is there a meltdown? Oh, yeah, for hours. Like, hours we've had, meltdown? I, I'm not even kidding when I say that we, that our girls would cry all day long. Mm-hmm. And, and it would be like, there's a bug on the window. Now we're melting down for two hours. We finally recover from that. And now, now you have pockets in your pants. And so I'm going to cry for another two hours, wow. maybe three. And, and so here, here I am, and, and it's just multiple things. The sky looks more blue today than it did yesterday. Um, the moon's not full, and it was last night. It's just all, you know, all of these things. Crazy, that, crazy, that, crazy things that, and it's like you never know, like, what's going to trigger them off. Mm-hmm. Right? right, and you yeah. could be in public. You could be at home. You know, it could be you say no at the store because they want a, a cute dress when all you wanted was to get apples and bananas, you know, and they see <laughs> something that, that has caught their eye, and you say no. Well, now you have a cart full of groceries, and you're carrying twins out of the store screaming, and then they go on to tell everybody how bad you're hurting them, mm-hmm. um, and and you've got you know your big kids pushing the cart out or not, or you leave everything there and you just walk out, um, or you're pulling your kids out of nursery because they're hitting other kids in the nursery or spitting at other kids or. Um, I think the worst piece too, Jenna. Correct me if I'm wrong on this. Is that it's like it's inconsolable. Yeah, there's it nothing is. that you mm-hmm. cannot distract their attention from this. It's almost like they yeah. dissociate and they go they into this their whole eyes. trauma place, mm-hmm. and they're locked in there. Mm-hmm. And so there's, you know, the average child that might do that, it's got a different tone to it. It's it got does. a different flavor, Absolutely. and it might go on all day. But there's even within that whiny, fussy, there's a, there was a, there's a reciprocal, there's a relationship, there's mm-hmm. something there that you can't quite put your finger on that these kids don't have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the piece that if you're not the parent, you don't necessarily see that because it's the parent that has or does not have that connection. Mm-hmm. So here you have this child who is just it's just like from one dissociation to the next. It's like one trigger after another, and they're just spiraling down. Mm-hmm. And I think what triggers for parents that make this makes this so difficult is there's a sense of hopelessness oh, yeah. and helplessness. It's like mm-hmm. you can't do anything to console your child. So it's imagine all- that it's like having a colicky baby, but they're three. Mm-hmm. And know, they're and they're screaming at you and telling you how hateful you are or mm-hmm. what like somehow you're causing this pain. A colic baby, 
might have that, but they're just kind of crying, right? And mm-hmm. yes, it does stir up that sense of helpless, hopeless, oh my gosh, how do I console this child? Right. But when you put that into a three-year-old body, a six-year-old body, a nine-year-old body, it's like, it's so much exponentially mm-hmm. worse. And that's the piece okay. that I think that makes parents feel so burnt out mm-hmm. and so disconnected. Um, because you can hold your baby, you know, their baby you can still look in their eyes and say it's okay. Like our girls for a long time, they don't, they didn't want to be held. So you would try to console them and you would rock them and you would try to do all of these things and they're squirming out. Right. Like, cause that's so uncomfortable for them to be rocked and be held and be, mm-hmm. you know, that whole first year of rust has been, mm-hmm. has, has never been built. Right. And so they're kind of clawing just to, just to find peace themselves, but they don't even know what they need. So mm-hmm. how can I help a child that doesn't even know what they need mm-hmm. to be filled? Mm-hmm. You know what it is? It's like you said, it's very like a hopeless. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the piece where usually a lot of times parents have experienced this for a number of months or a number of years, and they're like, you know, and they come in to see me, and they're just like, you know, they're a shell of themselves because it's yeah. like, I don't know what to do with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because a child, unbeknownst to any of us, will snap out of it, and all of a sudden they'll be like, hey, you know, Mommy, you know, I love you, or hey, this is great, and they move on. You're kind of like, well, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> what about all this before and damage that's happened beforehand? And it's hard not to feel resentful. Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. like, I have to go on throughout my day, so I'm sorry that you're throwing a tantrum, but I've got other kids to feed, you know? And so it's, it's, it's hard to parent in a way that you're like, you know, before our girls came home, we were very, we had a schedule, we were doing, and, and so, but when you have that going on, and I, my kids are trying to homeschool the kids that we have that are attached and doing well in school, and we've got this screaming, literally for Christmas two years ago, I bought our kids noise-canceling headphones, canceling <laughs> headphones, because they yeah. had to be able to focus and yeah. do their work, and I had this going on, yeah. um, and so this, these are these are hard truths, hard realities that happen when kids have reactive attachment disorder, that you have to learn to accommodate um, other children that are already in your home, mm-hmm. and make sure that their needs are getting met, um, because sometimes they feel. And then the other piece would be sometimes they feel like they're like all the energy now has been sucked right, right. Mm-hmm. from mommy, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and so your siblings are resentful. So there's they resentment get resentful. all around. Yeah, yeah. this whole big yeah. resentful party. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and you have to be careful not to get stuck in that because uh-huh. no, you don't want to stay in pity party mode mm-hmm. right that's mm-hmm. not who anybody wants to be when you're having a family but I don't think that if I don't think that I could with words tell you just the, how difficult it mm-hmm. is to go yeah. through that every day um for days on end for years mm-hmm. like how hard that is and and so I have I have this newfound respect for adoptive and foster families which is I think why I'm so passionate about mm-hmm. wanting to yeah. do some of this stuff because man they're doing some hard and holy work every single day you know I mean there's mm-hmm. days I, I go to bed and my head hits a pillow hard mm-hmm. and and I'm thankful and I'm joyful but it is it is hard work it's hard work it's it hard is. work and it's mm-hmm. exhausting and yeah. um and I think that how do we educate uh the community and and the society on who these kids are mm-hmm. and you know it's not just kids that are coming from where I'm seeing more and more attachment issues and attachment um mal- malattachment with just our lifestyle because yeah. we're, because we're going 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 and 
Kids get put in front of the television and parents have to go back to work when the child is like six weeks old and Mm -hmm. then they're going from one day they're with aunt and the next day they're with grandma Mm -hmm. and then the next day they're with back with aunt and then they're with dad and then they're with mom Mm -hmm. and you know all these different schedules and there's you know the child doesn't have the resiliency and doesn't have the 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 psyche to be able to handle that it it, a lot of things happen and Mm -hmm. and you know, there isn't that downtime of like, mm-hmm. hey, having meals together. You know, mm-hmm. it's like everybody's running, 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 and and then you have blended families. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much that so adds to mm-hmm. so many layers. And then, and then if the mom or the dad has abuse history that they haven't had a chance to resolve, or they didn't get quite what their needs are. <laughs> Then, you know, and, and they don't take the mindfulness to be aware of that or how that's impacting how they're parenting right. a child. Oh, my goodness. Now we're just having more and more on top Piling of this. Piling it all Piling up. Piling it all up. And it compounds. Up. It's yeah. not even just yeah. one extra layer. Yeah. It really does. It compounds. Sometimes, you know, I'm thankful for the for the healthy parent, the healthy family, so to speak, relatively speaking, that adopts a child who has just clear reactive attachment disorder. It's like, oh, that is so easy. You know? That's <laughs> like... But then you get all these other things on top of it, and it makes life really complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, and so. and you have to, you know, even it's hard. Even I, I'll share some stuff with you about, you know, families that say just taking my kids to church. I can't take my kids to church. Right. So here you are looking for community. Mm-hmm. You can't take your kid who's punching somebody else in the face mm-hmm. when they come home at ten. You know, you can't take your kid. And so then you start to feel, here's this, sometimes, you know, within the church context, it's adopt. That's what the Bible says to do. Right, and right. there's these Bible verses that back that up. And I, and I believe that. But I, I really don't believe now that every parent is equipped to adopt. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that we definitely promote the message that everybody should adopt. Now, I agree there's things that we can all do to support um, adoptive families. But I think we need, in the big picture, I don't think that everybody's capable of handling the the multitude of challenge and the... It's um, a full-time job. It really is. If, if not more. Because mm-hmm. it's a 24-7. It, there's is. no end to it. There's yeah. not like you get that done at five and kind of go home and, right. you know... And you can't you know, get that 16-year-old babysitter. Right, yeah. You can go back at nine mm-hmm. the next morning type of thing. So, yeah, it is, it is really difficult. And... Or having kids up at your house. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's it's hard when you invite people into your space and your kid just all of a sudden gets triggered from nowhere, and mm-hmm. it could be something so small, and they mm-hmm. turn around and lash out at somebody else. Mm-hmm. How do you explain to another mom? So here you mm-hmm. are isolated sometimes from from your church because you can't can't go to church anymore, mm-hmm. or just the pure like as we talked about you talked about before. You right. have all these multiple caregivers, mm-hmm. you know. So so that can sometimes be triggering. You drop your kid off. There's 20 other kids in class. Well, now I have to come home and deal with that behavior. And so that adds this whole, like, they've now been, like, overstimulated. Mm-hmm. I have to bring this child home. So what happens is people in the church start being like, well, they're withdrawing. They right. don't like this church. Mm-hmm. Or, or there's all these, like, layers. They think they're judging them when really judge- you're hurting. Yeah, you you're hurting help. and you need help. But mm-hmm. they don't know how to help you. Mm-hmm. And they it sounds like they don't have the support. So they're like, adopt, adopt, adopt. But then someone adopts and they're just like, you're on your own. <laughs> it, feel, yeah. it feels like that, whether it, whether it is that way. I, in my personal opinion, every church that's going to advocate for adoption should have some kind of post-adoption support system. They really and should. community so and great idea. It's a great idea. And I know that, who you gets know. it because mm-hmm. it's hard to walk yeah. it by yourself. And then like, like on the other side of the saying, like just inviting people into your home, not everybody understands the, the right. trauma that your kid has gone through. Mm-hmm. And so you can either have, it's probably on a spectrum. You can either have, Oh, they're so, they're so cute. This is so awesome. And there, and you kind of say, 
you know, I'm seeing this in my house. And they're like, oh, that's normal for a two-year-old. Mm-hmm. Or I'm seeing this in my house. And so that makes you feel like, you're well, you really, well, you don't, you don't under, you have, you have no idea mm-hmm. to the extent right, right. Mm-hmm. of what we're seeing these mm-hmm. behaviors in our home. And so that makes you feel like you're not being heard by anybody else. Mm-hmm. Or you have the other side where your kid is lashing out on another kid and then they don't want to come over either because, because now your kid has just bit someone else or hit them or, and so you have this, this big spectrum of right, like, right. well, I can't go to church. I have no friends. <laughs> and so like, I just really need to be around other adopted families yeah. and just get what this yeah. looks like. Can you, you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Do you see, I mean, do you see no, some absolutely. of this? Absolutely. I do see where you're like, where parents have like the charming child, right? Like, oh, but that's just it just must be you right or the other child where it's like no one likes the child and the parents are like okay now i'm stuck with this monster what yeah. am i gonna do with it tiny little terrorist yeah, has taken over my house, home right, yeah right. yeah yeah it's 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 a tricky it's a tricky situation yeah, yeah. it really is yeah. but it can be a joyful it can it can thanks so much for tuning in i hope you found this podcast useful to add more tips to your bag scheduled teleconferencing sessions or intensives with me, visit my website, www.fullcirclefamilycounseling.com, where you can schedule sessions, access other podcasts, and additional support resources. Please be sure to sign up for the newsletter to receive parenting tips, access to webinars, and exclusive content. Take a moment to subscribe and rate this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitchers, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. If you have any questions that you would like answered, feel free to email us at tracy at gmail.com. As always, much gratitude to the folks at Love & Logic, Nancy Thomas, Daniel Hughes, and many others for teaching throughout the years on reactive attachment disorder. Until we connect again, remember that you are not alone. Find the humor in the chaos. Stay consistent in your efforts and continue to reach out. I am here healing your heart to heart connection one heart at a time.